it takes about 40 hours of gameplay to unlock um, like the biggest ones one of the biggest ones mm. like that's Darth and Luke and Obi-Wan I suppose and he said he played for a weekend and he was halfway there yeah like in points wise so one of those things I remember um, Modern Warfare 2 to unlock certain things you used to have to play like 40, 50 hours just to unlock a gun and that so they've, they've always had play to unlock like the biggest stuff so that's because you can buy it and then it's like well i'm a tight ass anyway so i wouldn't have bought it in the first place well that's the same with like um grand theft audio at the moment like you said you can buy the batmobile it's like 30 bucks yeah it's like 30 real dollars for a vehicle you just sit there and play until you get the money Mm. like yeah it's gonna take you a while but but that's always been the way like Unlock entropy in Crash Team Racing. That's 100 hours of practice alone. Fucking hell. I haven't done it. I've been playing that game since it came out. I was, I was trying to find cheats to unlock him yesterday. I used, to, I used to try and grind the um, heists. You had to organise four competent people in that, in that Well, that's game. the thing. We used to get three of us doing it. Like me, Emma, and then have one random. Mm. I used to just get the shits after like the second time around. Just like, yeah, just waiting. Fuck it, I'm gonna run around and just shoot people. So I'll be driving around shooting at the window with them, or shooting at the other side, and just like starting car chases around the place. Yeah. Play, playing with like trailers is good because you can organize two people. Yeah. But most of the de- decent points you need at least three or more. Yeah. At the table. Are we recording? Yeah. I've oh, been okay. recording for most of the conversation. Huh. Well, that that's good. That's our video game coverage for the month, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> It is hard to do like notes about video games, especially Skyrim, because it was like, well, what, did, what were we gonna do? Anything that's we're just gonna follow our own adventures. Yeah, choice given. Yeah, it gets because the world is just so open that like you can't mm. follow one person's thing. Yeah, that's, and then as soon as you do one thing, it's you just split the time down somewhere different. Yeah. Like, I started playing Fallout 4 again, and for some reason this girl kid wearing a baseball cap turned up in this, at the Red Rocket um, uh, dro- at the, service at the station, station. Yeah, I and I didn't ever saw that kid there before, so I shot him. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he ran away, he took it like a champ. No, his health didn't get in, so I'm like, little bitch. Mm-hmm. Kids so I ran after him for about a more, and then I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alright, well, good for being recording. Ladies and future boys, it is time for another episode of the School for Wayward Nerds, coming out every Edgang Thursday to provide a sprinkle of knowledge to all who are willing to listen in. I am Toby DePola, and today's topic is a big one. It's the history of teams, leagues, and families. Um, it would be stupid to tackle this comic alone, so I am back at Max Comics and Collectibles with old Popper McGoldrick. <laughs> yep. Yes. Father of two now. Yes. How's that going? Awesome. I've got my little legion growing slowly. <laughs> You're the head of the demon. Yeah. Um, and we're also joined by our producer, Kyle I'm here. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> um, well, we begin this timeline through all the teams with uh, 1940, with the Justice Society of America. Um, the first group of heroes like this to be put together was by Gardner Fox and Sheldon Mayer. Uh, the team originally contained Hawkman, 
classic Green Lantern, the uh, what's that, Alan Scott? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd know him by his big purple cape. Uh, you got classic Flash, which is the one with the hat. And classic Adam, who wore a singlet. Um, you got Sandman, uh, the Spectre, Owlman, and Doctor Fate. It was a blob coming during the Golden Age. I think there's a dog attack behind me right now. <laughs> no, it's a drunk Christmas party. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're getting close to our Christmas special. No Don't one, know what we're going to do. No one walks through that alleyway for like Sorry, three hours and then <laughs> since you hit record. Yeah, so I, I, get more, I got more, more phone calls sitting in the theatre for Coco than I have all year so far. <laughs> um... You say that like it's a bad thing. You were more than happy to get up and leave the frozen adventure. Yeah, that was convenient until I started calling during the Um, yeah, this was a beloved comic series during the Golden Age, but as superheroes started to fall away, the book and team disappeared in 1951. Uh, they didn't re-emerge until the 60s during the Silver Age of comics. Um, I like them because anytime they appear in events, any other time, they've all got like that that aura of authority. Mm. Like, I feel like they could walk, they could just march into the, like, the Justice League building that looks like a dome. It looks like a hybrid. The Hall of Justice. Yeah, and everyone would just step the fuck back. You know, yeah. they've got that, when we went to Stanley's Comic Con, you know that aura that Stan had when he was taking a walk? Just a wall of camera phones and people too scared to confront him in person? You know, it, I feel like they have that. It's called a force field of respect. Mm. Yeah, I like them because they just reek of nostalgia, even though I wasn't there for it. Mm. Well, you're talking about a purple cape, green lantern, that's Flash. <laughs> and a red sweater. No. <laughs> it looks like a confused wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I the, relate to that so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you end up having characters added in it like um, Dr. Midnight? And Power Girl, like a lot of the characters I kind of cling to are around for that. It's mm. not in the original set, but I think Power Girl would be my favourite member. Do you guys have a favourite JSA guy? Book oh, man. Only because I was the old school artwork back then, like the Cubit artwork that came mm. through. And I started reading a ton of his stuff because when I finished high school and all that, I did the. Um, with world of cartooning courses and that and had oh, his yeah. stuff so i read a lot of his gear mm. it's probably when i got into it more okay yeah how about you how you got a fave um i don't know if i've got a favorite there's a lot of members that like i'm starting to get interested in i know you've um, had interest in dr midnight before i like dr midnight dr fate has started appearing in a lot of stuff i can't argue been... with that fucking helmet i you know, um, I wanted to wrap the thread of that one. I'm shocked there isn't one like just there was one constant state. There was. You'll see it in um, backgrounds of all the videos at the DCH. Um, you'll see it like golden chrome sort of like mm. whatever yeah, yeah um, version of it. If you've never heard of Doctor Fate, you're just kind of a passing Justice League fan. Or you at least saw the movie and you're a bit curious. I'm um, definitely Google Doctor Fate's helmet. Um, another one that I'm interested in at the moment is Mister Terrific. Mm-hmm. He started appearing like, yes, he's in Arrowverse, but they've actually started using him in um, like a lot of um, 
like the Justice League action cartoons have started using him in that. And in that, they pit him like on the same level as Batman, Lex Luthor. Like, they're like, he's one of the smartest people in the world. No, yeah, he's he's Um, in that top 10 DC, like, crazy intelligent for no reason kind of guy. Particularly in the Justice League action cartoon, they're all like, everyone's like, well, why is he here? Like, whatever. And he's like, who do you think wrote the list? There's a reason I'm number five. Yeah. They can play with you guys. I'm just gonna sit over here and do my thing. Like, like he doesn't pop up a lot, but he is in injustice in the background. He's the dude controlling the watchtower. Mm. Yeah, he's he's definitely starting to pick up a lot more, and I'm not sure if that's in response to them using it in Arrowverse, but uh, it started a bit before that. I'm not sure if it was a lead up to the Arrowverse stuff to make him popular a bit more prevalent. on him prior to the that, show. That was they kind of the first time. Yeah. yeah, they had him in um, like the World's End series. Mm. Like that was all hyped up to be a big event, but yeah, it became a bit lackluster. I think because of the amount of time it dragged on. It, it, it had the same problem I have with all Netflix. Yeah. So there's a lot of issues to fill. But I like characters like that, like him, um, Lucius Fox, the dude who was the mechanic in Batcave, Harold. Yeah. The, the old mute dude. Like just characters that are like there to facilitate some of the bonkers stuff that happens they don't get like any credit do yeah. enjoy a lot of them have you read the um, All Star Batman uh, which one the latest series no I haven't uh, he turns up in that yeah yeah sweet while they're doing their <laughs> cannonball run they go visit him they get stuff fixed up yeah, nice. yeah. um yeah so when the Justice Society re-emerged during the 60s, it was the um, the new comics boom, the Silver Age. We saw Barry Allen become the new Flash. We saw Green Lantern become the sci-fi superhero that everyone knows of today. And of course, we saw the birth of Marvel Comics. Um, this era brought along the new DC Comics team, the Justice League. Um, created in 1960 by Gardner Fox, who you may recognize as the guy who created the Justice Society. Um, this team began with, like, all the main head honchos. You got your Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Greenland, Marshman, Hunter, and Batman. Um, although, like all teams, this has had its roster change, like, constantly. Got characters like Captain Marvel, you know, Shazam. Mm. <laughs> Zatanna, Green Arrow, and Black Canary, and literally, like, anyone else, including Captain Cold this one time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just tap him in. Yeah, he he played a heavy role during that um that villains month Earth three stuff, man. Not blaming him mm. for a bit. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite character that ever appeared in it because they've all appeared in it practically. Pretty much, man. Yeah. I like. Uh, I'd I'd recommend the Justice League animated series. As I that and the unlimited series that covers. Plenty of it, and you get a taste of everyone. It was pretty cool, though. I remember watching it. For some reason, I was pretty aware it only ever t- turned up like at four in the morning. Yeah. So I used to just watch it at the end of like late on gaming sessions and stuff. Yeah. Well, that, anytime I think of the Justice League, it, that's the that's the people I visualize, like the big silhouettes of them standing mm. on the, in the title screen. That's sort of my go. Where you are. Um. But like when. The ladies are in the Justice League. You like when Zatanna was there? Yeah. There was a good issue of the her. Time was awesome. 
I like her in Black Canary. I can't remember the issue, but it was like her sort of finding herself in the league. Mm. She's like, I'm I'm standing next to fucking Superman. I pull rabbits out of my hat. Yeah. Like, all that stuff was really good. They referenced that in um, Identity Crisis. Mm. They like referenced it again in the, um, the Zatanna Black all, Canary book as well. That's the thing, like, all of the ladies, when they're in the Justice League, are immediately like, um... Yes, Wonder Woman's here for a reason. <laughs> but then you got Black Canary who can like powerlessly throw down anyone else, and she's pretty much the martial art instructor for the whole fucking league. Yeah, that's great. Like every anyone that sees Superman as who he is, at some point he had to be trained by Black Canary to be like, one day your power's going to drop, you're going to have Kryptonite near you, and you're not going to fucking survive without me. <laughs> Just think of Superman in all his power, and at one point, Black Canary kicked his ass. That's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. And I'll just put it out there now. Favorite character in Injustice too. Black Canary. Yeah. I, I like playing as her until I started to get in the group with that woman, and now, I, now I can't play as anyone else. Seriously? Yeah. The best moves with the counters and all that. Just mm-hmm. two simple moves, and she can take down anyone. Yeah. Well, that's I do love playing. As her. Like my favorite episodes of. Um, Justice Justice League animated, animated. Yeah. Arcanaris. Yeah. Mostly because I love her exchanges with um, Green Arrow. Yeah. Those two together in that cartoon are just... Every time I'm like, I love it. Well, the Injustice series, talking about that, Tom Taylor wrote some of the best Green Arrow, Black Canary stuff I've ever read. In, in that universe. But the whole, yeah, in that universe, mm-hmm. that whole run right through it goes into the, the new game, all the cutscenes and that as well. Yeah. Um... I read the issue where Green Arrow becomes a League member. I don't remember much of the details, but he'd got knocked back like several times before. And then literally the entire League gets captured in a big crystal and he just kind of wanders in, saves the day. He's like, what, you're going to say no now, bitches? (laughs) But it was in like old timey 60s, 70s talk, so he's like, saved your bitch ass old chum. Or however it is they did. That's some solid dick. Yeah, um, with Justice League of America off and running, we take this podcast to a golf course for a few holes. It's That's right, it's finally golf day. Oh, uh, I love this fucking story. So there's two folks down at the green. Uh, one's an executive for DC Comics, and the other is his, his work buddy, the executive of Marvel. And the DC dude is just bragging about how sick this Justice League book is and how he got all these nice new clubs out of the money it's making. And the Marvel guy gets, like, jealous and goes back to his office and gets some random Joe Schmoke who wrote romance and westerns for Marvel at the time to come up with a new team to compete with the JLA. That random dude ended up having to be Stan Lee and his buddy Jack Kirby. So the entire... those two kids? They're going to go to Oh, that's, that's amazing. The entire Marvel universe exists because a DC dude has some really nice fucking clubs. Yeah, look at like... Love you, mate. Listen here, Poindexter, you're going to make us a, a league or, or, a, or a team or something. Little Stanley's like, okay. <laughs> um, and he comes up with, in 1963, the Fantastic Four. Unlike his competitor, these heroes were men trying to be gods, not gods trying to be men. Kind of how I told mm. DC and Marvel apart. Um, a sci-fi accident turned these people into Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, and the Thing, Ben Grimm. 
Um, they're iconic as fuck characters, and their success resulted in Marvel excelling and becoming what it is today, and I fucking wish. Mm. How I feel about the Justice Society is how I feel about Fantastic Four. That's true, look. They, they're a good, solid run of characters. They have some really cool stories. Mm. But, unfortunately, these days, to get the most attention, it's, it comes down to the media as well. Yeah. And the problem is, Fantastic Four have never seen a good run of media. No, well, they've not had a good movie yet. Like, the saddest part of it all is that the best representation of Fantastic Four on film mm. was done by Pixar, and it's not even called Fantastic Four. It's incredible. So yeah. 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 That's all it is, basically. It's in Fantastic Four. It's just done way fucking better. It's it's Fantastic Four plus one that has everything else. Yeah, pretty at, much. At yeah. the time of... Jack Jack's just got everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the time of recording this, those talks between Disney and Fox 20th. have pretty much ended. And I don't know what way it's going to go, but I could... I could very easily kill a bag of puppies to see a decent Fantastic Four for a fucking change. Yeah, well, the guys on those on the video sale today we mm. were doing just before, um, they were saying um, that it's at sixty billion dollars is on the table at the moment. That's the, a fucking the thing with these chats, they start, they stop, yeah, they start, they stop, yeah. and no one will say anything well, either way except for this last because like they stopped maybe two weeks ago mm. and then all the stories that they'd started back up started coming out this is the first time both um who was i saying um i remember you saying that chris um, evans and guy that plays deadpool ryan reynolds both of them have commented on it yeah. yeah. Chris um, Evans said he can't mostly, wait for his Captain America character to team up with the Fantastic Four's Human Torch character. And that was just a photo of himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Deadpool was talking about how good it will be to have Deadpool and Mickey Mouse's uh, hot sexual tension in the same place. It's true. That doesn't like, worry me about if a Deadpool movie is going to be as good if it's under that. They well, they can't touch the one that's coming out anyway, so... It's, it's already there. And that's... Already done. It's after the fact that worries me. The thing with, like, how they usually do it, like, because um, Disney's only just won the ability to have their, like, Thor and Loki and Captain America have only recently started popping up in the parks because Universal That's still had idea. the theme park, theme park contract. Mm. And it was so strict, Disney couldn't even have, like they had a monorail um, that was printed all up in Iron Man stickers and vinyls and stuff. It wasn't allowed to go on a track that went inside a park. Yeah. Cause that counted as a breach of contract. So Disney could win parts of the um, Fox contract mm. and lose other parts. Yeah. So like until the deals are finished, we don't know what yeah. we're gonna get out well, of it. I reckon they're keen to sign something off, but I, I think the big holdup is um, before we get to the okay. political stuff. But um, I think a lot of it's gonna be the government's gonna stop it because 
they want to hold back because you got to start thinking of monopolies. It's they're gonna like one of the numbers that was I saw pop up and that was they're gonna own like thirty percent of entertainment basically, if not more. Mm. So you know the majority of factors they're gonna own a huge chunk of it, and it starts bringing in like antitrust laws and stuff like that. So it's, Warner wants to buy AT and T. Disney, mm. uh, Time Warner for the DC stuff and that. Yeah. They're by AT and T, and the government's saying no. So yeah. it's like, well, so the government should just piss off and just give us a good Fantastic Four. Yeah, but <laughs> or they can provide us one. I wouldn't need this contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be, be cool. interesting to see. Yeah, if you're dusting this episode off, just coming across it further down the track. Hey, we did it. Oh, ah, what a shame. Depending on what happens. Yeah. I um, always have Incredibles. Yeah. Oh, we got Incredibles too soon as well, which yeah. might have been a horrible failure if, if you're listening to this. And, and you just said scary um, Jack Jack's um, like got all the powers. Mm. Technically, it's still Fantastic Four. Franklin Richards, he can just manipulate. Fantastic reality. Four and a half. So basically, he's got the same. They are the same. <gasps> I'm gonna just Photoshop Fantastic Four over every. Invincible's thing, and then we finally got a, you just pretend, a fantastic yeah. full movie. Um, shortly after that same year, the Avengers began. Um, don't get too excited yet because it wasn't really special yet. It wasn't until 1965 the team picked up this unique steam that no other team had yet and probably doesn't have still. Um, literally, the whole team had been swapped out since its inception, now carrying Captain America, who surprisingly wasn't an original member. Um, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. What was special here is that the Avengers could be fucking anyone. Mm. Whereas I've never seen a Justice League not have Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman. This could be oh, any person cool who times, walked man. in and was willing to give for the cause. There was those cool years when they put vibe in the Justice League. <laughs> Chicago represent. <laughs> but Fantastic Four won't won't change really. Justice League won't change. Justice Society is what it is. None of them had that yet. And that's what made it very special. And now it has movies that right up until aren't completely fucked up and yeah. you know, flame thrown everywhere like Justice Stick was. It was up until that movie point actually when the movies were coming out. Yeah. That's the only time that Fantastic Four started getting changed up. Yeah. Because they wanted to put like Spider Man in there and get him out of the road and in the comics. Mm. You know, they killed off the Fantastic Four recently because of movies. Yeah. Same as what they did with Wolverine, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now they brought him back. Good times. I know. Because you always come back if you're a character. Yep. You'll never die. We, we have spoken <laughs> about the yeah. characters that yeah, just... We, we did do the deaths episode, yes. Yeah. Well, that's something to be happy about, listeners and future boys. You you might get sick and you might die, but they're, they're just going to reboot you anyway. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You're going to come back with a lot of armor and it's going to be the 90s version. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just it kept the Avengers fresh, and I like that. I didn't realize that that it, it was changing periodically. I just thought it was just like Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, and Captain America. It's pretty much time. whoever's staying in an Avengers compound at the moment. Yeah, it's whoever's there. It's yeah. very, it's very loose. I, like, I do like. It. It's a you can stay here, rent free, top of the line stuff. But if the world ends. You're in. Yep, you're on call, bud. Um, it's clear that Stan Lee was assigned to create teams because that same year again, uh, the X Men were born, which I'll 
leave to Sean. Oh, segue? Yep, yeah. segue. Pass off. All right, so yeah. So what year was it? 63 or something yeah, like 63. that? Yeah, 63. Yep, cool. So That's yes, all he did was teams. The X-Men were formed. Uh, Professor Xavier started up the X-Men and made the first team of the X-Men out of very creepily kids that he followed around. Um, There's nothing good about Xavier. He is the shadiest, evilest character in all of media. The first X-Men team was quite literally just a group of kids that he was watching closely. Mm. Um, He's kind of like the Ronald McDonald of comics. He started off with a young redhead that was 12 year old called uh, Jean Grey and went from there. Oh, the, the relationship between those two makes me cringe. I don't like it. It's very yeah, upsetting. Yeah, stranger danger. Um, but yeah, so they were uh, formed after, what was it? I don't know, it's year. Uh, yeah, so after a fight with the Shadow King. Um, so he vowed to protect the world with kids. And human shields. Yeah, now basically, X Men is the one that I got hooked on when I was. That was like the big thing when I was mm. growing up. The X Men animation came out, and that was, I think that was most X Men lovers sort of jump on point, especially in Australia where we didn't have tons of the books. Yeah. Um, at one point it got not revamped, but it added heaps of characters and sort of became. Yeah, that was the when X-Men they brought John Size X Men number one. That's the ones that mm. most people know these days. That's the line. That's the really. biggest selling comic book of all time until Star Wars got rebooted recently. Mm. Biggest single selling book. That was back when they didn't have variants, so that actually means something. Yeah. It was like. It's not just hokey. Oh, credit card. Yeah, it was something like. I can't remember the numbers, like a million plus books sold mm. on it. So. And they weren't doing it on purpose either. It wasn't the Death of Superman event, it was just a book that came out had good characters, was drawn well, yeah. was written well. It was just, it was exactly what comic books should be. And if you're like a key issue hunter, that is like one of the key books to get. It's got, it sucks in a way because my favorite character, Colossus, it's the key book you find him in. So I can't get a book where a copy of it less than like two and a half grand. See, that's funny because I was, I got on a massive Kira Strange kick after yeah. reading like the oh, Grey story arc. Cool. I'm like, Man, I love Hugo Strange. First appearance. Oh, same as Joker's. All right, well, fuck me, I guess. That's yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's is Batman it number one. 7.1 million copies? Or something like that. Yeah, it's huge. That sounds right. Yeah. 1991. Yeah. That would have been it. Yeah. 7.1 million. 7.1 is the numbers, yeah. Because um, I know the. Because, it, yeah, recently when the Star Wars book got relaunched yeah. under Marvel after they did the buyout and all that, yeah, and they took it back from Dark Horse. Yeah. They took it off of them. And they did it, but the thing is, they had freaking hell, how many copies? Something like 54 variant covers, something like that, plus a couple of others, I think, and with reprint covers too. Um, And that one officially outsold it, but that was simply because of pure numbers. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's still the highest, even with the Star Wars reboot. Um, And just behind that. X-Force. Yeah. With five million. That's why it's, yeah, but X-Force still turns up today in show bags um, because they can't get rid of enough. And then, like, going down from that, you've got Superman. I have to double check that because I remember getting the diamond numbers from Don when I was buying from the Samsung Lights, sold it out. The list that I've got says Star Wars 2015, number one, sold 900,050. 
958,000 copies. Yeah. Well, that's still less than, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure it might be because of the variants. But anyway. Uh, it was 76 variant covers. Yeah, oh, that's what? ridiculous. <laughs> um, and it was that is almost a, a variant for every inch of my dick. That is insane. <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson's jealous. So, <laughs> I can miss all of that one. According to this list, which... It's on the internet, so it's God real. only knows. Yeah. You've got X-Men at 7.1 million, X-Force at 5 million, Superman number 75 at 3 million, uh, Spider-Man 1990 uh, issue 1 at 2.5 million copies, mm-hmm. Spawn 1992 number 1 at 1.5 7 million copies. Oh, the whole image. And then, like I said, Star Wars. Mm. And then a Fantastic Four book. Yeah. And I'm not going to say how many copies because it starts getting depressing. Oh. <laughs> um, so, Colossus is your boy. Yeah. Do you have like a perfect lineup for an X Men team? Mm. I always like the um, Gambit Road, Colossus, Wolverine. Pretty much the classics, mm. and then Eugene and um, Cyclops. But as much of a dick as Cyclops is, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, but still, as they said, the movies and it's just straight up fact. He is a dick. So. Is he accurate in the Deadpool yes. movie? In the de- well, Colossus. Hmm. Yeah. To a point, like yeah, like as I, I didn't mind that actually. Like, say I have not watched. He's, he's a straight. Really. Like, does come across as straight and arrows sort of thing. Yeah. But you know he's. He's the guard dog, the loyal guard dog. So I was curious if they'd sort of made him a little more cable-y in that. Nah. No, he's pretty... The, they did well with him in the in the Deadpool movies simply because they made him the straight man. Yeah. Like, like any comedy duo, you got the straight man, the funny guy. Yeah, you got to have the dude yeah. sick of the funny one. Every, like every trailer I was watching, Deadpool when it came out, before it came out, it was, I was just sitting there going, this is like Red Heat, this is Jim Belushi and Arnie. You know, something like that. Like, this is cool. And then you're just going to get more of it now with Josh Rowland and as Cable. Yeah. So, and that's probably one of my favourite runs of um, Deadpool is the Deadpool Cable series. Yeah. So. Um, well, what other X-Men teams have there been? Because there's been... You got new movies. Well, you had the X-Men. Uncanny X-Men. X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. So that's basically, you, you... Yeah, they got blue and gold. They call them straight up that, and they're always like the blue and gold. Isn't that the X Men '94 or something? Yeah, yeah. The Cyclops team and the Storm team. Yeah. They used to be like they used to run it, and you have the two. It's a great money spent because, like, with the Justice League, you had your Justice League, and they had the JSA and the JLI. So they just followed that same suit, putting different teams, different books out there. And they could have different stories with crossovers between them, obviously. So, it, from a marketing standpoint, it's brilliant. Mm. It got confusing as hell because you had so many different X-Men books and you had extreme that, X-Men That completely movies. put me off when I was originally starting to get into comics. It's just... That's why you... The world of X-Men is just... This whole fucking exactly. thing is terrifying to you look at. at. You look at Batman and Superman. Yeah. They've got now... Around about a thousand issues of issues of each. Hmm. Then you had your Superman books as well as action, action comics and yeah, de- detective. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and then, you and then, then you've got your Superman, Superman and Batman. Yeah. Um, World's finest. Yeah. Then there's spin-offs after that. So they are just as daunting as each other. 
Yeah. But X Men, if they had stopped doing volume reboots all the time, you'd be hitting numbers like legacy numbering now that's come back in. You're hitting numbers back up the same scale. Yeah. But the problem is they split it out over so many different books. But that was probably when I got into it in the 90s because you had the X Men, Kenny X Men, the X Men, Excalibur. Generation X just came out. Yeah. Um, X Force, X Factor, um, the Cable Book standalone. Then you went to Age of Apocalypse, which then redid things where there was Astonishing X Men, Factor X. Yeah. And yeah, so there's tons of others. And Weapon X had his own series. Of course, you got Wolverines. So many different freaking series spinoffs, which in the end sent every teenager broke. <laughs> um, because we didn't have the internet. Get your kids hooked on comics, they won't not afford drugs. Yeah, that's true. That should be my slogan at the front of the shop. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. It's better than heroin. <laughs> this is my way of battling the ice epidemic with Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only our local listeners will get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the following year, Bob Haney and Bruno Premiani brought us the Teen Titans. It was it was just a home for all the sidekicks of DC Comics at the time, founded by Kid Flash Robin and Aqualad, officially named in the team when Donna Troy joined. Um, she's a Wonder Woman body buddy for those who are unsure. Um, it was just funny old-time adventures aside. It was in the 1980s when George Perez and Marv Wolfman came aboard and made the team what we know and probably love except for Teen Titans Go. That's one hell of a dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they added Raven, Starfire, Cyborg, um, brought back Doom Patrol's Changeling under the new name of Beast Boy. Um, they gave us Nightwing, for fuck's sake. Like, that, that is one of the books that I've not ventured into, but have always been to, because like, I love a Starfire book, I love a Raven book. Nightwing's the fucking idol of the fucking podcast, really. Mm. He's just so good-looking. Yeah. Oh, that, to me, it's like, all oh, that relatable thing of, like, trying to do what my father figure does but not be stuck in his shadow forever. For those at home, I was an apprentice to my dad as a career. And, and I'm like, still am. Yeah, and kind of mad at him all the time, which is... I just I fit into that dynamic so perfect. And she and Kyra over there is like, oh, those abs and butts. <laughs> like, I guess we can share this bond. It's a little. I like how he's like, no, he just goes, you know what? Just do me fucking crazies in Gotham. You can have that. I'm going to go over here and do my stuff over in this town. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> kid. It's so no... much better with it exploding and getting wiped off maps. And... Yeah, There's, a lot less crime a in... There's a lot less crime in a crater. <laughs> but he should be doing his job better. Yeah, I do, I do like it Teen Titans, but I really haven't jumped in on it much. I never even saw the animated series, really. I, I had the proudest, like, auntie moment yeah. when we went to visit my nieces and nephews. Um, you know, small children, they get up early, they watch cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons. Um, so we walk into the lounge room, you know, waiting for the first cup of coffee. I sit down, and the kids are watching... Teen Titans, the but like nineties Teen yeah. Titans, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a great new cartoon. They've just started playing. It's brand new." And I'm like, 
this this is how <laughs> I spend my weekends. I'm hang on. I'm like, no, no, you're wrong. This is a new cartoon. I'm like, no, sweetheart. This this is it. <laughs> like the only I glimpses had... I've seen are that they can't call him Deathstroke because it's scary. But then his face came off and he was in hell in the episode I briefly saw. So I don't know. Yeah, they they just call him Slade. Because death is too scary. Now cut his face off. And they're in hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's um, a good way to just like completely kill any standing that he had. Because they're just like, yeah, okay, Slade. Yeah, whatever, Slade. All right. Yeah, we'll Slade. I don't want to get too deep into the death stroke thing that seems to be happening in today's society. We right hate now, him. I will, I will cover it in its whole its own episode, or a hate episode, when we get to it. He's so fucking overrated. He's a child fucker. No one seems to notice that. And he's got the same problem I had when I was watching It, whereas his entire character is based to only be able to stand up against teenagers and children, and to lose to teenagers and children. He doesn't threaten me at all, and I can't stand him. He's overrated. Grow up. I'm pointing at the mic. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so... Before you break off, yeah. and I'll probably cut this out later. Oh. Not really. <laughs> we're, Did we're you want to comment on Doom Patrol? I didn't have any information about Doom Patrol. If you want to jump in? Um, just because Bruno was the artist for when Doom Patrol launched. Okay. Um, so the original Doom Patrol, which Sean is looking at me like, if you destroy this, I'm going to kill no, no, you. No. <laughs> Doom Patrol's all sorts of messed up, so I love hearing Um, The first like origin for it was in My Greatest Adventures number 80, mm-hmm. back in June 1963. And okay. it was created by Arnold Drake, Bob Haney, and as I said... So it was the same year as X-Men, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very similar books as far as I can sort of tell. Um, it is, and there have been multiple... Incarnations. Like, yeah. There was one recently, wasn't there? A part of Rebirth? Or just um, before it? Uh, Gerard Ray. He just took over... Um, the Vertigo imprint, mm. like running a big section of it, and yeah, it's called Young Animal. Yeah, and yeah, they, it's in that, right? Yeah, they relaunched a new Doom Patrol there. So there's it's been a few. The best one that I like mm. it would be the Grant Morrison one because that's just. I've heard it's. Yeah, that's that's messed up. But anyway, sorry. But basically, it's the exact same as X Men. It's a bunch of superhero-powered misfits that connect through the fact that they're run by gifts have caused them to be alienated and traumatized Mm. and they have nowhere else to go yeah that's what made doom and x-men sort of special in the team Mm. because it was for the the dude reading it who was gay or the dude who was black and discriminated or the dude who had nine legs like it's well, it's the outcast book. Yeah, they're all set up like X Men is just the whole story of X Men is kids dealing with change. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the whole premise of it. Without saying it straight up, you know, probably from stopping 
parents not want their kids to read about stuff, I guess, or because it's the sixties, a bit more suppressive thoughts yeah. and whatnot. And I sometimes can't argue kids, the sixties were worse. Yeah, and like some parents probably didn't want their kids reading about stuff like that, or kids didn't want to learn about stuff like that. But it's a sneaky way of teaching. Yeah, like you know, this is things change, and this is how you deal with it. Like you know, right from physically, because that's how you know a lot of the physical manifestations of powers, you know, and then also mentally and all that. Like you know, you move your teenagers. Well, that's you're all going to react. Moody teenagers, like all of the Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. The, <laughs> Except they're the right age to feel that angsty and weird. The 90s X-Men movies were all about Rogue and what she went through because of her powers. Yeah. Like, it, as much as it is Wolverine's story, it's more about Rogue mm. and why it was okay for her to get the injection mm. that turned off her powers. My biggest, the biggest fault with that and the thing that pisses me off the most is all because of those political business dealings. They couldn't use Ms. Marvel, so yeah. she couldn't fly and punch the shit out of people. That was, it ruined Rogue. Okay, so back to Doom Patrol. <laughs> who, who was the lineup in a Doom Patrol? Um, you got Changeling. The main lineup yeah. is the Chief, uh-huh. Alaska Woman. It was last a girl for a while, which made Incredibles kind of strange, but yeah. I remember um, reading that and being like, I didn't know she was real. <laughs> Element Woman, uh-huh. Negative Man, and mm. Robot Man. Is Negative Man the dude that's always in the bandages, like the Invisible Man looking kind of thing? Yeah. Visually, I like that guy. I just have not jumped in at all. Um, but they've teamed up with Team Titans before, mm-hmm. so they've had Beast Boy in there, they've had Bumblebee's being a part of it, who she's kind of making a weird comeback Yeah, through the kid stuff. Um, but yeah, so as Sean was saying, you've currently got Gerard Way working on volume six. Um, and that's kind of, at the moment, they're rebuilding everything that's going on there. The whole Vertigo, young animals, like you were mm. saying, that whole section. Kind of, yeah. I, I haven't actually started reading that one, but... Cage McCracken has a cybernetic eye. Or something. Um, I don't remember what it's really called. But yeah, they've appeared in TV a couple of times. Like I said, they've appeared alongside Team Titans and stuff a few times too, so... Alright, I, I would like to get more into them, but... Happen. Check it out. If you're going to read one, as I said, read the Grant Morrison run with the mm. Metal Man and all that. It's See, that, that's, that's my problem is I'm very conflicted about Morrison. A lot of his stuff bugs me, but then his Earth One Wonder Woman was fucking amazing. Mm. And that that's made me second guess, like, maybe Doom Patrol's going to be okay and not upset me. Yeah, that's no, pretty cool. Um, so our next team took the stage in issue three of Legends in 1987. Using the name of a goofy army corpse from back in 59, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but I'm going to try and bring this up without crying. Um, this rendition was created by Robert Knight and Ross Andrew, current versions and movies aside. The idea and concept is still really good. Take just B-grade villains that no one else is using, throw them together, pop a bomb in them, and hijinks ensue. Um, I love the idea, and I'd probably have liked the movie if it was made by 
Mark Neverdean and Brian Taylor. The guys who made Crank. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, now it makes sense. <laughs> I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, they would have made such a good movie. There, there was never a hint that they were going, it just came to my mind at one point. Right, I, as much as I hate the way they've done, you know, the new Harley. The new that. 52, the movie, none of it's good, but god damn, I love the premise and I want to see it more. I, the, I just can't understand how they're going to make a number two out of that. Yeah. What they've done. Hopefully, with the Warner shakeup they're talking about after Justice League. Oh, flashpoint, you guys. I tried to explain it to my mom. She had a freaking aneurysm. Oh, don't blame her. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to Back to the Future. And she's like, I've never seen Back to the Future either. I'm like, oh, my. All right, here's what's going to happen. Well, if we're, we're going to run the back in time and fuck it all up. If they're going to do the flashpoint mm. and Ben Affleck said that's his last one. Yeah, because he's in that, but not the Batman afterwards. Are they going to have him dress up as his dad? <laughs> Thomas Wayne. It was Thomas Wayne with oh. Guns and Blossom and Sons of Bitches. Oh, and imagine my mother if I tried to explain her that Ben Affleck's his own dad. Oh! <laughs> I'll better take so. It would probably create a singularity in her head. <laughs> She's the flashpoint now. <laughs> yeah, um. Oh, if I could pick a lineup for a Suicide Squad, it would probably end up being all Batman villains. But I just, I just want to see more teams thrown into it because we get the current. New 52 lineup, pretty much constantly. Yeah, I, just, I want to see more characters being thrown into that water. Well, what would be your favorite? Um, like the Black Manor stuff we touched on on an earlier podcast was really cool. I liked that. I I want to see Mister Freeze, like, and just not have the bomb in him. Just be like, we got Nora, so yeah, do it. Cool. And then you've got a, and then you've got a guy that doesn't have the bomb. Mm. And it, oh, you could do stuff with that. I'd love to play in that world. Yeah. I'd like to see some man bat, you know, and just have Kirk Landstrom shaking in the corner, being like, "We, I, could, I, did, I can't keep doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do all these evil, horrible things." And then they just inject the poor fucker, or or they just fill his cell with gas. And it's like, no, please, I can't do this anymore. That'd be pretty and cool. just be this horrible, like, sweating dude. That'd be pretty cool. It's a premise of gold. I just want to see it used properly. Mm. Um, the next character was going to be Thunderbolt, but Trey and Meg aren't here. We'll, we'll record them later. Insert Trey Meg in this section. All right, so they've been killed by the Injustice Society. We've got to pick them for the best team to go after them. That's the premise of the episode. <laughs> um, so if, if we're looking for people to fill with, I could go into the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, I didn't want to fuck with this, so be my guest. Uh, Alan Moore's casting a spell as we speak. Oh, we're Mr. sorry, Moore. Mr. Please. Magician as we talk. <laughs> so, clearly, the um, Look, we'll books written by Alan Moore, with <laughs> the artist of Kevin, o- Kevin O'Neill. Yeah? English is totally my first language. I'm real good at it. I'm real proper like. So I'm a producer and not a host. <laughs> real, real woman. Um, and it began in 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that fits perfectly with how many, I'm trying to do this chronologically. <laughs> I Look, I'm really trying to. Um, it's been put out by ABC, Wildstorm, DC. It's really random. Top Shelf. 
Basically, uh, everyone's... Everyone's slapped it around a bit. Everybody's diddled it a little. Oh, jeez. Um, Everyone diddles. It's Professor X. Oh, God. <laughs> when you consider how many people have touched it, it's only... Go on. That's just the easiest way and, to and say that, Yes, that was Toby and me just grunting, like, yeah, um, the children. Like, yeah, like children. <laughs> there's 15 issues and, and a graphic novel. That's it. Hmm. Like, it, it, it came and it went and which is the, I'm fine with it on occasion like things do need to have a good ending here and there however yeah. it's even weirder when you consider this got a movie how do you feel about the movie as a comic book encyclopedia if you don't know it's a book and you have not read it it's fun that, fuck I, I, I wasn't sure if you'd say it because I didn't mind it it, it I've is never fun. read the book I didn't never knew what a comic was when I saw it I had heard about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen mm. but you know, it was on the outside of my wheelhouse before I even like well, with what I was trying to read at the time, and I was too poor to buy more books. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, this is before digital stuff was really prevalent, so you could just go pay a buck fifty and get the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I read it after, and you know, to do the whole hipster thing, the books go better than the movie. But I'm under yeah. the impression that's the case. I, it is very much so because they just left so many holes out and they made it. They made it like Sean Connery. We spent money on him. Let's hero him up a lot more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the best way to do it is to watch the movie and then go back and read the book. Yeah, oh, you're appreciating it probably ten times more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's how I did it. Mm. Like I remember it came on one night and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I'll you know, leave it on TV, TV, whatever. Mm. And then I actually, like, started picking up on the characters that make up the team. And mm. it was like, oh, yeah, I whatever this is, I'm interested in it. Um, because you have people that are, like, Mina Murray, who is, if you don't know, from Bram Stoke's Dracula. Yeah, that's, that, that's the premise of this team, is it's, um, it's all, like, storybook dudes, right? Yeah. yeah. You They're got, all you got Harry like Potter. the biggest parts of literacy. <laughs> Rapunzel, <laughs> um, Alan Quatermain, Holly Griffin, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the Captain Nemo. Yeah. Um, we've also got like Orlando. Yeah, Alan Quatermain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like it's people that you've heard of, but you haven't. Uh, yeah, I, I love the it, idea of the movie when it came out. It's classic literature justice. My thing, right? birthday presents because I was a book kid. Mm. My grandma, <laughs> no, um, my grandma and my aunt yeah. wanted me. Um, uh, my aunt and her husband, um, they were into giving me educational stuff because he was a teacher, so I had to get educational presents. Yeah. So I got books and all that. But then I got like Huckleberry Finn. 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, mm. um, Treasure Island. Um, yes, this would be up your alley. You know, so I've read all those yeah. books when I was a kid. Like, back when I was, like, 8, 9, 10, that sort of thing. And I was mm. like, yeah, and I read them again because, like, books, cool, read them. Um, sitting on the shelf, might as well do something. So seeing that movie was pretty cool. And then to see someone do such a twisted story with them afterwards, that was really weird again. What happened afterwards? Like, when I read the book and saw the Alan and Yeah, the I didn't book see the is, yeah. And I'm like, oh wow, that's just really fucked up. I have to say though, it's probably one of my favourite, like from the film, Captain Nemo's car 
yeah. will forever be one of those cars that I'm like, just run it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like a V18 yeah. or something like that. It's fucking nuts. And it's got songs. like all that chrome, like sea creatures. Oh, yeah. it's so pretty. But yeah, so well, Leave of Extraordinary Gentlemen is, a, it's a very different idea. It'll stand out in great. this podcast as a very unique title and it's yeah, yeah, I'd say watch the movie. It's not. It definitely bad. read the book. Like once again, saying before, check out the Grant Morrison stuff. Yeah. Same twisted level. Read that book because, as you said, it's only fifteen issues. It's you pick up one trade, which is not expensive these days for that because it's a paperback. It's not one of these fancy polymer ones. It's just done old school print. You yeah. can buy it cheap as chips. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, that was ninety nine. You said. Yes. All right. So with that out of the way, it's time for a scary new millennium the 2000s and with a fresh new world you know the society can stand for one thing and that's tits because every, oh it's all about power girl again no every oh. every team I found after the fact was all about women okay so um here in 2003 we have the birds of prey I did some research on the I birds was gesturing <laughs> really really <laughs> I couldn't tell at all I'm good at this um, so Birds of Prey actually first appeared in 1995, mm. um, and it was Black Canary, Oracle, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, it didn't really become a, like a, a proper... It didn't come a thing team. for a while. Yeah. Because um, it was just like little crossover books here and there to fill shelf space for a long time mm-hmm. before it came out. So they were, or they're credited to have been created by Chuck Dixon, Jordan B. Gafunkel, and Gary Frank. Um, And basically the main group is always Oracle and Black Canary. Yeah, that's just whoever came up that month. Yeah. Um, After Black Canary departed, that was when Huntress officially got brought into the mix. So then it was um, Oracle and Huntress. So it's kind of gone through. It's had pretty much every female DC character pop up. Even Catwoman was in it once. Yeah, Power Girl showed up uh, very briefly. Poison Girls being that uh, poison. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Like if you're running down the list, it's, it's Black Girl, Black list. Canary, Huntress, Lady Black Hole, oh, Big Bird, so Jade Canary. Gypsy, Hawk Girl, Judo Master, Manhunter, but the lady one? Huh? Kate Spencer? Not Marsha Manhunter. Look, it'll be like three pages. We can't remember to confirm or deny. Misfit, Hawk, Dove, Black Alice, Power Girl, Vixen, Stalin, Katana, Strix, Condor, Poison Ivy, Catwoman. Mm. I literally could keep going. Yeah. That's like the main crew. Well, it fits all the things I said about the original Avengers. Like, whoever was happy to help save the day that day was a fucking bird of prey. Mm. Um, but it's always been like one of those three are always the head of the team. Yeah. Because like Huntress takes over as the head person when in Flashpoint. Because when Oracle gets her mobility back, she leaves Birds of Prey to take back up Batgirl. Yeah. 
So, like, yes, it goes through, like, that multiple change, but there's always someone who's at least been doing it for a while, mm. which is, I find that, like, I enjoy that a lot more. Yeah, you because you've still got that. There's no one flying blind at any point. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's a good thing about those sort of, because we're talking about teams, mm. that's a good thing about it is because it happens in all of them, like all the X-Men stuff, you've got your team leaders like Cyclops or Storm and that, but you've always got new members coming in yeah. Yeah. to get the new generation of readers and fans and stuff like that, or just to freshen it up. Yeah. So. Um, and even though like it is a lot of female characters, they're not... They've had They're not that a lot of male, male allies to Nightwing's work with them. Wildcat has teamed up a couple of times. Um, it's weird that a male based on cats joined a female group based on birds, but, you know, whoever wants to, whoever wants to chip in. And then Hawk, Hawk is now the, the only first male member. Yeah. I feel like I have to give him, like, credit because I'm like, look, he stayed. Well, he's a genius wandering into whatever the opposite of a sausage party is. A clam dig. And, just, <laughs> and you know, he's the only dude there that got, you know, gives him an advantage. Oh. I'm sorry, I came up with that out loud as I was thinking. <laughs> I'm not going to apologise, because it was good, but I, I accept your cringe. <laughs> um, and, like, currently in comics, it's Batgirl and the Birds of Prey have yeah. taken it back and their first like solid issues were the three main women again yeah. like to kick it off but it's been like both of prayers popped up forever yeah like it was a never... really great cw show i was just <laughs> gonna say if you do not mention the awesome awesome tv I, show i want to cover it on here so bad but i'm gonna have to sit down and watch it I'll get you a copy. I think I've got one. Fuck yeah. You've also got... You heard it here first, future boys. <laughs> they're in Injustice. They used them a couple of times in the Justice League animated... It sounds like they're going to be a part of whatever Harley Quinn movie comes out next, depending on what the fuck they're doing there. They're yeah. going to get flash pointed out immediately. It's going to be bad. They look really <laughs> funny in the little Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a picture funny. of them right now. Like, it's 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 just fun to look at. Um, but yeah, so yeah, keeping up with the Millennium of Memories, 2009 threw us some of Gotham's Golden Girls into a, a small gang called the Gotham City Sirens, which is Kai's other pick. Yep, I got them too. Hmm. I didn't delete my notes. <laughs> 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 um. All right, so, so Gotham City Sirens is written by Paul Dini. Oh, the man, the 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 legend. I've been working on an upcoming episode that features a lot of his stuff. And cool. Fuck, he's great. Everything he did was really fun. Talking um, about Zatanna before, mm. one of the best runs of Zatanna was his. Yeah, holy shit. Run. Yeah, Paul Dini's Zatanna. We wholeheartedly recommend that. Can, can we just chuck our love behind Paul Dini? Well, it's obvious. It's obvious. Fuck. <laughs> um, and the original art was by Gilliam March. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, if you don't know Gilliam March, Future Boys listeners, 
they this was some of the most stunning DC women to date of all his like some some of the prettiest artists his. They all kind of look identical with different hairstyles, but well, sort of like Jason Campbell. Shots fired, probably. I don't really. Know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all, like his stuff, all his stuff just looks like the same Photoshop. Like it's the same problem I have with Jim Lee, but it is all fucking stunning. He just puts more patches on. Um, and, and that was released in June of '09. Hmm. So we got an awesome lot of these. And it, it was it was a very snug team. It was. Catwoman had just come out of the Heart of Hush saga, pretty worse for wear if you've read it. Um, and she runs into Ivy and she's all like, you're losing to a guy named Bone Crusher. like this is less than Z grade, you're pathetic, I'll take you in. So it's her and Ivy and then Ivy's already a roommate with Harley and it's just the three of them clashing because they know Catwoman knows who Batman is but she won't tell him. Mm. It becomes this whole thing and it's a very fun book. Isn't this when Dick takes up the mantle as well? No. Oh, yeah. He's Batman. Bruce is in hiding and he's hush with a different face. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to read here. It's, it's a big sort of... It is. It takes place like in a mess. Issues, yeah. Like, yeah. it's another one of those ones it's, that it's, you can pick up and read it really it's easy. It's four volumes or two if you get the deluxe ones. It's, yeah. And stick easy. to the volumes now because all the flippers are just going crazy on the originals. Mm. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a, I have a lot of fun with it. Like the issues where Harley decides, like she hasn't fallen out with him and she goes to get the Joker out of the asylum. Like those issues are really amazing. Mm. Um, you've got Catwoman's sister coming back after the Black Mask stuff, which I'm always wet for. So mm. I enjoy all that. The whole, the whole book is really good. Um. And those three, like, coming out of this, mm. it became, like, a lot more of them rather than just Poison Ivy and Harlequin. Like, I find they seem to team, like, the three of them up so well because each of them do have that really distinct personality and everything for it. Mm. They mesh together really well. Yeah. Um... And that's kind of coming out of Gotham City Sirens was when they relaunched uh, New 52. Hmm. Um, so this is when like they kind of started branching off and Ivy went on to Birds of Prey, Harley went into Suicide Squad. So it's kind of like, yes. It can't be really replicated now. It is, no. It, it, it was there and it was great and then the new 52 Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on another flashpoint. We want flashpoint. <laughs> um, Alright, well, sorry we don't have time for more like the Metal Men, Power Rangers. They're a comic now, so I can technically rag them for a while. BPRD. But with any luck, all listeners, we will give everyone a full episode to flourish. But for now, it's homework time, you fuckers. Kyle? I, I don't think anyone... Ladies and gentlemen, you need to assemble a team for yourself. The only stipulation, the only catch to your perfect squad of justice, they're all Nicolas Cage. Um, what happens next is up to you. We've got to save Megan Trey, or the White Cola, as he's taken to recently. Yeah. Uh, um, this has been going for like 10 episodes yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. 
Oh wait, no, I've written it down. Sorry, I, I have a new phone, so all my notes are dead. Dude, I was gonna be like, please spread notes. <laughs> so let's let's premise on this. You gotta make a Nicholas Cage team. Is it a, a team of like an existing team that you replace with Nicholas Cage's or oh, I didn't or think of that. That's is it too. a team of different people that Nicholas Cage has been? You know what, you can have either because I just I visualize Because I, I thought of this um, my initial thought on this, you mentioned them before, mm-hmm. guy. Nicholas Cage themed legal extraordinary gentleman. Holy fucking sorry, in my head I was picturing him in Superman Libs. But just confronting a Hawkman who's also Nicolas Cage and my head exploded. Yeah, well, my, on the other side of that though, yeah. my team of Nicolas Cage's yeah. would be uh, Snake Eyes, mm-hmm. where his character in that, so the, the dodgy cop, yeah. which is still pretty much the same as the other one that is in that um, other... Is dodgy cop in Wicker Man, if you want Wicker that. Man. I was going to go Wicker Man, but I was going to say Big Daddy. Yeah, Super, yeah, yeah. Of death course. of Superman. Um, Superman lives. Yeah. He's also a Snake Eyes sometimes, technically. Um, so we've got Snake Eyes, that one, that one. Um, You're missing an obvious one here for you. If you no, want. I'm not touching Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm not touch it. No one wants to touch Ghost Rider. Oh. Um, <laughs> so Big Daddy, that one, that one. I've got to get at least five, I reckon. Um, I was going to say. Drive Angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's nearly Ghost Rider. It's, it's close. Yeah, except better. Um, it's hard to say. Because Ghost Rider's pretty much a Revenant, and that's a re- he's a Revenant in that. Oh, what's the fifth one? Oh, I don't want to say Face Off, because that's just shit. Oh, I used Face Off. Nah. <laughs> not, in this, not in the team's eyes. I oh, know. I might just stick with my first answer and say the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen versions <laughs> of the Cage. Oh, his transformation is Jekyll and I. Yeah, he just I'd pay he turns that. he turns into Face Off. <gasps> he becomes. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe I'm having too much fun with this. Or maybe he's the driver angry version of him yeah. in that, and he turns into Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's, that's his Jekyll and I. That's the that's the monstrosity. So I, I began my team with a leader, um, Damon McCready or Big Daddy from Kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tactical guy. Um, yeah, so I bring. Cast a tree from face off as my tactician, as nuts as he is, <laughs> him yeah. outrunning the entire police force and hijacking a plane at the start of that movie is yeah, it's fucking good. <laughs> um, Milton from Drive Angry turned out his name was Milton, was, was it? it? Yeah, I didn't, I never got the name. He's <laughs> an obvious pick for his magic expertise. Mm-hmm. All right, and in case the enemy is a woman, I'll have Wickerman's Edward Malice as a martial <laughs> artist. He for all those who haven't seen it, he knocks out maybe four women. Five, no, five women in that movie and not a single dude. He only punches women. That's just shocking. It's fun. It's fun that I counted that. Um, and a good team needs a good wheelman. So, gone in 60 seconds. Uh, Memphis Reigns. Yeah. That's a fun name too. That's gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, he's my wheelman. Good movie. And finally... My team needs a good man for mind games. Emotional genius Eddie from Deadfall. The, you know the one who's like, am I a fucking retard? Aye. Uh, yep. Was he a fucking retard? I'll never know. Kaya, did you do it? Or did you think I was joking when I said it? Oh, I knew you weren't joking. Um, 
I took similar pain to Sean just then. Mm-hmm. But I've come up with the birds of prey. Almost. Oh no. So as my leader, yeah. my oracle, if you will, Memphis Reigns, gone in 60 seconds. Is he the leader in that? Because he's in wheels. He's oh. in wheels. Uh, I then I mean, picked Ben Gates from National Treasure. Oh, I didn't want to use him because he had any talent as far as I could tell. He seemed out of place. Right, so we're not using... Okay. Yeah, you can use him. I and then... I didn't want to team it. Just because team. none of you were going to say it because it's a Disney film. Balthazar from, from um, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice. Because he's got the nice dry weird humour in that. Mm-hmm. But it's old Nicolas Cage. Has a beard in that, doesn't Slightly it? more classy. Slightly more classy. With big dumb shoes. If you've seen the movie, you understand the quote. I have not, I don't. Oh. So that's, that's my three. Well, there you have it, Future Boys. An army of Nicholas Cages and a bit of fast facts on leagues, teams, and families in comics. What was that? I just realised another Nick Cage. What? From Kisses of the Empire. Oh, oh no. He does that for really loud. Yeah, when he's walking around in the street like a crazy fucker at the end. He's the villain. <laughs> Toby kept saying I should do the one from um, The Croods. I just said he would be a Vandal Savage. Yeah. Um, yeah I've been Toby DePaula along with uh, Kaya Steen. Howdy. And once again with uh, Sean McGoldrick. Howdy do. Hey, you mentioned your um your live auctions earlier. Do you want to plug those? Oh uh, yes, um, Max Comics runs Facebook live sales where I put shit up really cheap, so come buy my shit. It's a, a lot of variants that I see on the finger. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> in I go. So it's off yeah, to war, it's stuff that I've usually got on the website or is hidden in the back with heaps of other boxes of stuff that's not in the shop. So if you're local. And you've missed out on, yeah, like you're looking for the treasures, jump on there and check it out. If not, we mail out, so jump on, buy stuff, and we'll send it to you anywhere in Australia. Yeah. Um, and this has been the greatest team of all the school for wayward nerds. <laughs> Can't say I'm, that with straight face. I'm sorry. It needs more Nick Cage. <laughs> not the bees, indeed. As always, subscribe to the show, rate and review, follow us on Twitter at wayward underscore nerds, and like us on Facebook. And don't forget about Max Comics and Collectibles. And with that, class is dismissed, you cuties. Not you guys, the listeners. (laughs) Say what? I don't know. I wrote these notes when I was all upset. Glad you clarified that, because I was going to put my hand on your leg and this shit down there. (laughs) They wouldn't see that. (laughs) That would have made it even weirder. (laughs) And on that note... Ta-ta!